Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. And welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is always, always from the back tees. I'm Jerry, and with me is Zach and Nolan. How you fellas doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing great, Jerry. How are you? I'm uh, I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Uh, you guys watching the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, I heard you had a big day on the course today. Before we get to the Super Bowl, well, I actually I- didn't get to hear about it. I, uh, first of all, did, did you happen to see some of the tweets of the jabroni I was working for? I mean, my God, <laughs> this is, you got, you saw him, right? I mean, I saw some it's this, this guy literally, I mean, I'll just give some people the brushstrokes. He lost his match on 16 yesterday and didn't know it until 17 green. And that just goes to show you how out to lunch he is. And, uh, I don't know. The guy's just, the guy's just a tool bag and a half. I mean, and I, and I know his name, first and last name. I'm not going to say it out loud. You better but hope I'll, he doesn't listen I'll, to the podcast. Oh, whatever. I can, I can tell none of his boys in this gigantic group, none of them listen to the podcast. Or, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. That's always been one of my main outlets for Twitter was promoting Band and Dunes and whatnot. But, but that all falls under the purview of golf Twitter, right? I mean, Zach, that's how we met, so to speak. And just like talking trash and like having a good time talking about golf. And uh, inevitably... That's just more so like I'm finding guys like following me saying like, hey, I'll be there in March. And I'm just kind of like, eh, right on. I mean, just stuff like that. So needless to say, uh, I yeah, I caddied for today was day four of four with this Jumroni. It's over. Thank God. And then I went and teed it up impromptu with a couple of friends of mine at Trails and shot 74, tied my best round. But I've done that a couple of times now. So I think the big highlight was, uh, I mean, I had one double bogey, one lost ball and um unrelated and uh and only found one bunker and that was off the 18th tee after i sent you guys that picture like you know instant jinx and karma i deserve it but uh eight one putts that's probably something i've never done or will ever do again in my life and uh that was yeah it was a lot of fun just screwing off it just uh it was really cold i mean by sorry uh, canadians but uh or anyone even colder than canada god forbid any I don't know how cold it gets in Turkey, uh, Zach, but uh, we can look that up. We got our Turkey followers. <laughs> but ultimately, um, I think today, a year ago, this week was when we actually had snow. We actually had a couple days of uh, falling snow, and it kind of uh, piled up on the course a tiny bit. You could still play, but it was whatever. But needless to say, this year it's still our coldest week. And uh, I think it was when we teed off this morning at 8 a.m., it was like 37 degrees Fahrenheit and uh and uh, for anyone um trying to do conversion or whatever I think I mean I don't know centigrade very well but 32 would be that's our freezing in Fahrenheit and I know that's zero in centigrade so in like nine or ten centigrade or Celsius whatever it's called is like I'm very bad with that it's like 50 that's degrees the wrong Fahrenheit. guy but anyways needless to say if it was any colder I wouldn't be surprised if we had any rain if it would be like snowflakes maybe but uh but needless to say, the girlfriend asked, are you going to play golf today? I'm like, no. And then when I was on the back nine uh, caddying for this ass wipe, I, the weather was just so nice. I was just like, hey, I think I'm going to go tee it up after work. And that's something nice about the resort is I go into the caddy shack and I say, hey, I just got done working. What courses are open today? And they said, like, oh, Pacific Dunes and Trails. I'm like, all right, we'll go to Trails. And 
That was I it. would be so exhausted from walking all day. Might well, have some uh, Reed Martin calves on you. Well, hey, that, that guy does work. Like, he's a semi-truck. I'm just a speedboat by comparison. But uh, if I check my pedometer here real quick, just for today, show my, ooh. See, since I don't measure steps, I'll just tell you guys that uh, for catting 18 holes today and then walking 18 more, I did 13.7 miles. Jeez. That's uh, 52 floors climbed. And for all you people who want to measure steps, because everyone has a different length of steps, so let's all talk about our steps. I did 28,339 steps. Do you ever do any running? <clears throat> like... <clears throat> oh no i mean sometimes we you mean personally like for uh like working out or on the course? yeah no just like working out i feel like you could just do a marathon like any day oh i i <laughs> i could uh but i don't now even when i was in the back when i was in the service and i was really really into physical fitness i was really not a cardio guy whatsoever not even to warm up i was just like no screw that i mean i would run when i had to but other than that it's <clears throat> no I got good closing speed. You know, I'm a good sprinter when I have to. Like, you know, if I'm like running to, for my life or to catch a bus or something, I've done that. <laughs> good. <laughs> you ran from a couple bears before. That'll really get you going. No, but I've hid from a couple bears. <laughs> no, those those suckers open doors. I remember the first one I saw when I lived in Aspen. I heard something outside and I was living in a basement. And I looked out the basement door window and I saw this bear kind of just like a few feet from me just looking around and I just thought my first thought was okay I need to put the dog in the bedroom because he's gonna start freaking out second thought is that's the only door in and out of this in this part of the building <laughs> and the bear is standing right outside of it <laughs> just waiting for Jer bear to walk out yeah well then since they knew how to open doors I'm like well this is it this is how it goes I thought uh my girlfriend's dog's gonna get eaten and I'm gonna escape out the back somehow <laughs> so anyways enough hot bear talk um Yes, I had a good round of golf. Uh, Nolan, Zach, how was you guys' weekend? Uh, you guys watched the Super Bowl, huh? Oh, yeah. Good weekend. Had money on the Chiefs, so it, it was a W over here. Big yeah, W. Let's get right into some hot Super Bowl talk. I had a good spread of anything you'd ever want to see at a Super Bowl. You know, you got your meatballs. You got your chips and dip. How many different dips there were? I don't know. You Did got, you have prosciutto? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, name something. It was there for sure. Uh, taquitos. Taquitos. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if you guys have taquitos. I don't. I don't know if it's an American. What in America? What are you talking about? We're closer to Mexico than you. Yeah, I know. I thought it might have been a nice Canadian thing. I don't know. America. America just takes everything that's good from everywhere else and packs it uh, all nicely together and makes it our own. I, That's the title of the episode. Zach thinks taquitos are a nice Canadian thing. <laughs> I have to point out one of my, I, we've probably discussed this before, but my favorite places to eat are like classic American fast food, like not fast food, like the chains, like Bubba Gum Shrimp, Chili's, Olive <laughs> Garden, all yeah, my favorite restaurants. The Olive Garden, dude. <laughs> no, Olive Garden. All those, like more than any steakhouse. You take me to an Olive Garden while wow, I am living. Wow, we're family here. Yeah, I am living my best life. When you get those breadsticks and that unlimited Ooh. spaghetti bowl. Bot bottomless soup. Yeah, but so did you guys watch any of the <laughs> bottomless soup, man? It'll get you. And the salad. Salad's pretty good. Yeah, it's true. Oh, all those <laughs> Americans have the best restaurants. 
Yeah, that's why I was so fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the bottomless soup. <laughs> but yeah, did you have any uh, rooting interest in the Super Bowl? The place I went to watch it at, literally anyone, everyone there couldn't give a rip who won. So it was kind of just on in the background, to be honest. We kind of watched it, wouldn't watch it. I don't remember seeing, like, crazy highlights of it, to be honest. I, I watched definitely the fourth quarter when Patty Mahomes worked his magic and flipped the switch and found a way to win. But um, It's crazy how, like, one thing affects, like – people's complete like legacies and stuff like if jimmy g hit emmanuel sanders it goes down he ends up winning super bowl mvp (laughs) people say how good he is and now people are like oh he made a couple stupid mistakes kyle shanahan doesn't know to coach a fourth quarter apparently it's a it's it's a small sample size but yes it's a glaring size sample nonetheless you're absolutely right and that pass interference on kittle How was that pass interference? And Kyle Rudolph against the Saints was not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hey, look, I know whether you're a Saints fan or not, Zach, I'll, I'll at least be an apologist for the NFL. Uh, they're still trying to body bag New Orleans. So, so I know. Gonna, they're like, how can we ruin them more? So long as Sean Payton's coaching that team, I think they're going to have like two targets on their back. I mean, it's, it's just the oh, way it goes. It's a nightmare. I mean, for, all, for all the times people complain about the Patriots I'll getting mixed up in that. No, not no. The, excuse me, not the Patriots getting it right. It's like a lot of people say the Patriots get a lot of calls going their way. I'd like to say, like, sure, maybe half of them. I can't really break that down. I'm not, like, I don't have that eyeball. But the other half to me is just, you know, being good at your job and not having false starts, for God's sakes. I mean, just, like, being the most efficient or most, like, put-together team. I mean, you're yeah. opposite of Cincinnati Bengals and you're uh, Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. I mean. I got to give a shout-out, too, in the Super Bowl. The left guard of the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you guys know who it was? Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. I was just about to say Duvernay-Tardif. The doctor from Montreal, first doctor in the NFL, wins a Super Bowl. That's right, yeah. They, uh, wasn't he the guy who they were, they were going to put uh, – he was thinking about putting MD behind his name. Yeah, on and they didn't let him. But, but isn't his name like too damn long in the first place? I mean, That's true. <laughs> that would be my argument. It'd be like, no, knock it off. I mean, they're like, you could have put your name, but this is your parents' fault. You should have just had Duvernay or Tardif. No, I, I, would you be yeah. concerned if your doctor um, potentially might have CTE? It's a good point. <laughs> but, uh, mm, yeah. I think you can tell, though, no, Nolan. I hate to you say it. Probably that. can. There's a lot of those guys, like, right now who are, like, advocates uh, for, like, talking about brain injury and brain disorders now. And there's a lot of guys who, I mean, like, uh, look at Steve Young for crying out loud. Like, look, compare Steve Young to Troy Aikman. Boom, right there. Two guys who did the same job during the same era, and now they're doing the same job right now. And Steve Young is still sharp as a whip. I don't trust him sometimes. Like, I look at him sometimes like like he's about to go dimensional, but delu- excuse me, dimensional, dementia, delusional. But then when I look at Troy Aikman, I'm like, is this guy, like, when he's watching the football field, he starts reading off a Lucky Charms box midway through the play. It's just like, what? Like, some, Troy Aikman knows something's wrong up here, and he knows it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, just, if, if Antonio Brown was my doctor, I'd be concerned. No, speaking of, did you see Terry Bradshaw? Yeah. Terry Bradshaw was, like, off his rocker a couple of times. Thank you. There, I mean, I didn't mean it for to go down this road, but there you go. I mean, <laughs> no, but I, I just I just thought of it just now, but the Aikman-Young comparison is a good uh, litmus test, I'd like to say, in terms of it's like, yes, some people do have, like, the CTE regardless of their position, and some people don't. I mean, some people completely don't. I wouldn't be surprised if more than half the NFL does not. I mean, that's 
I would, oh God, we would hope it's a lot. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. needless to say, I mean, uh, what was your guys' favorite part? The halftime show? I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Was it ever? What a show. Was, it, was this the best halftime show ever? I'm saying no, I'm oh, saying no but I'm <laughs> saying no. Oh, yeah. No one hated no, it. But, folks, but he was nodding for 10 seconds prior. <laughs> I have to say, anyone listening who knows Nolan, he texted me during the show saying this is disgraceful. He wanted, like, he wanted classical music. Burning my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a show it was. Are we Shakira or J-Lo fans here? Oh, Team Shakira. Team Shakira? We got a it's Team Shakira. Hard. Zach, who are you? I'm Team Shakira. Okay. What a, what a performance. Pitbull, however, Pitbull is going to kill someone that he was not involved in that. Well, wait, why, no, why wasn't Pitbull there? I don't know, and he's going to kill whoever made him not there. Yeah, Mr. 305. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Pitbull apparently wait, performed wait. the 3 o'clock show outside. Well, Oh, I smell foul play. Um, but real quick, what? Why it is Pitbull and Miami? What's the tie between those two? I've never heard anything before. I'm, I don't know. I'm assuming he's from there. He like he runs he runs the club scene in Miami. Yeah, I don't even know if he's actually from there or not. But no he one knows. Mister three hundred five. <laughs> yeah, he's Mister three hundred five. <laughs> Pitbull's a true legend of the game. He should have been there. Who was the guy who came on who looked like yeah. Ali G? So I'm gonna Ali G. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop right there, Zach. I, the joke was that, yes, like, if there's two things that are more, like, synonymous with, like, Spike Lee and courtside Knicks games, it's Miami and Pitbull. That that was – folks, for anyone at home, while they were talking the whole time, I was making the motion of I was fishing and reeling them in. And they still – they still – We still yeah. fell for it. Well, not fell for it. You guys just kept swimming along, like, oh, yeah, Pitbull, my, Mr. 305. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that guy. Oh, you know what? He takes black tie optional to the highest level because he's always wearing a tux with the with the bow tie undone. That is like I always thought James Bond is a total doucher for like always being buttoned up. It's just like, nah, man. You let the tux the bow tie go like that. It's like you just came from somewhere formal and you're feeling good. I mean, you're God, relaxed. Oh God. Did you know J Lo is fifty years old? I wonder how many people Googled how old is Oh my J-Lo god, so many. <laughs> I Googled it. Well, it's Shakira. How old is Shakira? 43. See? We both Googled it. <laughs> well, because, yeah, you can't do one without the other. I mean, J-Lo's always good. She's always caliente. But ultimately, I, I don't know. I mean, been there, done that with J-Lo. Her assets are great. But, I mean, Shakira, guys, hips don't lie. It's- Shakira, I got to say, you know that part where she did her little tongue thing going on? <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you have a so far. I got to say, she for sure did that on purpose, knowing it would go viral. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, it was it was like a gif within hours. I mean, yes, like, that was a thought process. Like we are going to make a gif, genius. You see, but I look at that going like, okay, that's isn't that something that guys supposed to do to show the girl that that's what he's like good at or whatever? Because when a girl does it, I just look around to all the guys in the room going like, you have no idea what she wants to do to you, and you will never know. I mean, it's right. It's like the Tom Segura uh, routine about the taint. I mean, <laughs> ooh. Why don't you give us the, give us the whole sketch from start to finish, Jerry? I refuse. <laughs> this is a it's, this isn't a G-rated show, but needless to say, <clears throat> no. When I saw her do that, I never mind. <laughs> uh, 
No, I'm just thinking of that scene from The Office, you know, of Michael reading the, saying the comedy routine from Delirious. Or was it, it might not have been Delirious, but Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh. yeah. What, or was it was it Chris Rock when he? Oh, uh, Chris Rock, Chris Rock. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of a. Uh, here we go. How I I don't know anything about The Office. I might know. This was a season one, episode two, Diversity Day, um, when yes, when when Kevin <laughs> tries to do the Chris Rock routine and Kevin just does his monotone talking, you're butchering and he's, like, it, just reading the lines, and then Michael just can't help it. He's like he's butchering it. I can't. He like starts. To, he just starts to stand up and starts doing the routine and. <laughs> yells at him to stop he doesn't have a discipline he's just asking what you want a cookie like, <laughs> it's such i'm glad i'm glad michael scott morphed into the harmless nerfy buffoon in mid-seasons than he was because in season one god he was he got away with like verbal murder i'm on that show what a, what a show. Real bad. yeah i was like oh, oh sorry no zach have you ever seen the british office I tried to watch it again. I tried to watch it years ago, and then again, I tried to watch it recently, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. But okay, but you at least notice like Ricky Gervais's character and how he does it. I mean, it's like for oh, as, like yeah. for for as dumb as and offensive as Michael Scott can be, David Brent is a just a straight on like he's damn near a Nazi. It just with like oh, yeah. with a, this oh. terrible behavior and attitude. He's so funny. Well, it's fun. It's funny because it's Ricky Gervais. Oh God. You see on Twitter that little uh, that uh, that bit about the 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 kid calling him a pedophile. Yes, that's and he's just like if I were a pedo, I wouldn't touch you, you ginger little cunt. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is like how I blog, in a way. I'll just like say whatever that I think is funny, and like unless you like genuinely believe what I'm saying, then like you do you. So. So, uh, Nolan, uh, unless you got anything else about the Super Bowl and uh, the uh, assets that were shaken and shown um, during the halftime show, I think I have a beautiful segue here into the Waste Management Open and how we uh, – well, let's, let's just get – yeah, there was uh, there was some titties on deck uh, at the 16th hole there. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw the video on – I don't mean to say online. I just – I see Twitter. I assume that, like, there's a lot of things when you hit post, it goes to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the – just go to all platforms. But needless to say, as Kip Henley pointed out the day before it, actually, we saw it on the internet. Uh, she was shaking everything that God gave her and uh, he'd never seen that before. And, and yes, fellas, uh, we were trying to break down the, um, the tape in terms of like uh, Kennedy bullet assassination style. So Kip Henley was there. Cause I saw when the, it was at number 16, when the camera panned off the green real quick, you could see the, the kind of the, the posture of Stuart Stink standing there. Stewart was the only one facing this. Stewart and Kip were the only ones facing this because the other two players, one was lining up his putt and one was like, had his back to her. I couldn't even tell who they were. It was like two young fellas. I mean, I just couldn't tell. It could have been Asian, could have been American, could have been Canadian for all I know. But needless to say, it was... Uh, so yeah, hard to was, tell those Canadians and Americans apart. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and Jamaicans too. But, uh, but needless to say, she, that, that gal was racked and stacked and I heard she got showed the door. Oh, that's a bummer. I mean, I can't personally uh, say anything because I have parental control on my Twitter account, so I didn't see nothing, but I heard it was great. Uh, Zach, <laughs> if you don't want to step in, I'll ask Nolan, why do you have parental control on your Twitter? Dog, I, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, did you no, actually like, believe it? Was, oh, man, you sent me for a spiral there. I'm just like, why, why do you have parental control? Nolan. You know, 
You know what I'm thinking. No, shut up, Zach. (laughs) What? That has nothing to do with it. (laughs) I was just like, wait, he doesn't have kids, and is he on his parents' Twitter account? (laughs) The only only two things I'm thinking, like, he shares his Twitter account with his kids he doesn't have. I would never have... I would never have pegged myself to make a joke that went over Jerry's head. Yeah, right? Usually Jerry's jokes go way over my head. No, they go over my head too, man. You, you, should, try, you should try being in here and looking up. Sometimes you uh, don't even know where it's going. You just keep saying it. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. You're welcome. But yeah, that was a great, that was a great moment out there. I wonder if she got kicked out. She did, yeah. She got shown oh, the door. Oh, you knew she got kicked out, Adam. Wow. Well, that, that, was, that was like, I think, uh, well, I think Kip said it right away, in the, in, all in the same tweet. I mean, he essentially said it the very last sentence is like, and yes, she got kicked out or something like yeah. that. So, I mean. People come but, here for the, in, for the, well, for the jokes and they leave with some knowledge. So, before we, we can go back to the, the golf that happened at the Waste Management, but before oh, yeah. we do. Well, that was uh, the segment. We can talk about that for sure now. Yeah. Well, no, no. Before we do, we can we can talk about our buddies. Is it Colby who wrote about, um, you know, spicing yeah. up, spicing up the PGA, right? Yeah. What if you saw that at the PGA Championship? I'm all for it. Well, Zach, can you give any anyone listening right now a little refresher if they haven't read Colby's piece regarding like what his thoughts were? So yeah, he sort of, in quick summaries, basically, why not have the PGA Championship be similar to the Waste Management in that it's like a fun kind of tournament? Because uh, all the other majors kind of have their own like little thing. Augusta has, well, the Masters is at Augusta. The US Open's like the hardest course all the time. PGA Championship's kind of just the PGA championship. It used to have, uh, we, this is something we were going to share for the show. We were going to uh, almost talk about earlier. I almost mentioned earlier. It used to have a different air of prestige. I forget exactly what year it happened. I think it was sometime in the forties, but the PGA championship used to be match play. That's why like five or six of Walter Hagen's majors were the PGA championship and four or five or more in a row uh, from like 24 to 29 or I mean somewhere that I feel bad I, I rep Walter Hagen all the time I should have his stats known by heart but I mean he was obviously because that was it, could you guys imagine could you guys imagine a, ma- a major dependent on one-on-one golf like the way golf is supposed to be the way it should be I mean and forgive me Pyrrhus I don't mean to say the way it should be if anything Pyrrhus you should agree with me golf was meant to be one-on-one you and your opponent pick the holes, pick the tee boxes, you pick the rules, you picked your drops at the time versus each other because it was just you and him and some sheep and a couple sticks and a couple balls and some shitty weather. That was golf for hundreds of years over on the British Isles. Now things are different. So, like, all the guys, like, think of your Kevin Nas, or I don't know why I picked him per se, but, like, your Kevin Kisners or anyone else named Kevin for that matter, uh, <laughs> they – they um you can have these guys who aren't bombers, so to speak, but do really good in the one-on-one setting. Like, I mean, uh, Ian Poulter could probably rise up and like win, win a major or two or like uh, some big events if there's match play per se. I mean, I remember back in the day, I used to love the WGC match play. Uh, that was one of my favorite tournaments of the year. It just never delivered like I wanted, even though Tiger won. So Nolan, how many times did Tiger win the match play uh, with the Chinese? Maybe three, maybe four. Because I remember when I started paying attention, especially to him in that tournament, was when he wasn't winning it anymore or something. So I don't, I don't know. Tiger's won about six of every tournament, is he not? I mean, so, yeah, so 
Yeah, I actually didn't know that about the PGA Championship, so that's very enlightening there. But... Oh, yeah. Mr. Hagen, right there. We got him right there next to Francis we met. That'd be crazy. <laughs> a major championship as match play, that'd be that'd be awesome. They should do it. I, I'm all on board. I'm all There's, for well. There has to be an underlying reason, though, why they stick the metal play. And, I mean, obviously it's good for tournament and TV and getting everybody involved, but, I mean, ooh, hey, uh, quick sidebar – what if they made this new golf tour match play? The whole thing? <laughs> Could you, work. You can't, you, you can't do it partial because there's a reason why the PGA Tour doesn't institute more match play or whatever. Like, last time I checked the past five, ten years, I don't even know if they're still doing it, but the WGC match play was, like, considered, like, like I said, used to be one of my favorite tournaments. And then all of a sudden, I was in the boat of saying, it's starting to suck. Like, I hope the PGA Tour gets rid of it because – this is crappy match play or just, or just something about it. Maybe it was the course being too easy. I don't know. Something about it just wasn't working. I mean, they had to do it like starting on a Tuesday, God forbid, cause they had 64 people there maybe. And, the, and, and that still wasn't even a full field to pay people. I mean, match play logistically is a hard wrench to throw in the toolbox unless you start that toolbox full of wrenches only. Maybe think about that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the only way this golf, this this uh, new tour is going to work is if something drastic happens, whether it's Tiger signing or they do it Stableford the whole way. I don't know. Yeah. I just yeah. that was just a thought I had right now. I mean, like, you really want to bring it back? You know, they're not going to have uh, as as great a participation on this new league, or even uh, dare I say, room for participation. I mean, do they honestly think they're going to uh, have 200 guys duking it out every time they have a tournament? I don't think so. And they only want 48. Right, I was about to say, they said they want limited fields. They said they want bigger purses. This screens exhibition, which is match play, which is just, which is one-on-one. -on -one. Like, it's what the whole movie Legend of Bagger Vance is about. I mean, it, it's, it, which, is, which is entertaining because in the end, us fans are always going to get the end result in the product. Who cares if charity's getting the money? Who cares if these private citizens are getting money in their bank accounts? It's all going to be for entertainment. That's what defines us as fans and why we wear the colored shirts on our bodies of our favorite teams or cities with the, with the person's name on the back and their number as well, the uniform. I mean, it's golf doesn't really have that, save for the small international play that we have. And that's why, I, I can, Zach, I can vouch for uh, me as an American. We go berserk over the Ryder Cup every other year. We, we don't do good in it. <laughs> I don't think America's going to start doing good anytime soon in the Ryder Cup just because the way team golf is not a dynamic over here in this country. But needless to say, I love the Ryder Cup just because I like just everything about it, the different formats, the, the individual – it's 12 on 12 or whatever the teams are. I mean, it's just – it's it, to me, it's like the most team-oriented way you can golf. It's yeah. so crazy how the U.S. doesn't do well in that. I can never wrap my head around it. We all well, – you don't you think it's crazy well correct me if i'm wrong we are almost always a better team on paper like yeah. official world golf ranking status mm -hmm. yeah that i mean just that alone you're going 1v1 against a guy i guess it changes i mean the the style of play you're playing is slightly different mentally but it's still golf you know no, I, I understand, and that's that's what's infuriating for us as Americans is because on paper we should destroy these guys every time. But I think really what it comes down to it, and this – not to say I've, we're all beating the same drum. I feel like nothing new or profound has been said about the state of affairs when it comes to the Ryder Cup golf. But needless to say, it sounds like from what I've heard from a lot of people is these guys just grew up golfing together a lot more. 
and they're definitely they think they're always the underdogs and that certainly never hurts when you go into a fight thinking you're the underdog hell the patriots half the time act like they're the underdog when it comes to sport i mean and they win all the time for Christ's oh yeah sake. alabama always does that oh gosh what i mean whatever it takes to motivate i get that but now, whether I can put my finger on it or not, I'm at least halfway there in thinking that whether it's within history, which is on the side of this, or just looking at it on the whole, where it's like when you come over to the PJ Tour in America to golf, you're encouraged to do good as an individual. You come over to the PJ Tour to make your nut. That's what everyone wants to come here and make the big bucks. And, and there's nothing on the PJ Tour that, that has team format except for a couple of goofy events that they're starting to do, like the Zurich and the Franklin Templeton's been around for a while, but nobody counts that. Or maybe that's a different name. But needless to say, it's just, I don't know, it, it just, it bums me, it bums me out that <clears throat> that's just, I hate to say, I think that's just going to be the state of affairs for golf, except for unless if we get like a, a group of young guns coming in, and I mean that younger than the SBK boys. Like, I hate to say it, I almost look at Justin Thomas as a salty veteran, but he's always carried himself that way. Jordan Smith is gone. He's gone to, like, the ghost of Smiley Kaufman has risen from the grave and drug his ass down under six feet under. So now both those guys are done. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like this new young crop of guys that we're talking to, like Sebastian and uh, all these other fellas. <clears throat> they, Smiley never got off the tarmac. <laughs> well, he had to somehow, man. Was he the valet? I mean, was he the bellboy? I don't know. what. I'm still trying to figure out Smiley Kaufman. Like, I mean, he's going to no, be the code word for we'll something. We'll never understand. I tried not to bring him up this show. I think like two minutes ago, I was thinking of something with him and didn't bring him up because I felt like I shouldn't be ragging on him all the time. But too late. Well, no, we're, I, I wouldn't say, look, let's be objective about this. We're not ragging on him. I sincerely, it's, it's, like, it's like he's the D-plus student in the class. But yes, he doesn't, I understand. He, he doesn't flunk any papers, but he doesn't like do really good on any work. So part of me just wants to be like, well, but he's still here though. How are you going out and shooting 78 every day and still teeing it up every every week or like like you're are you hurt? If you're if you're hurt, go get surgery and sit up sit out for 6 months or your scores should get worse or something. Why is this guy like like I just I obviously we can't understand but but, but I mean I just I don't understand. It's, and I used to just write it off as in like oh yeah, he's he's Ringo and the rest of them are the Beatles, you know, he's just the shitty one. We'll but never understand. He, hey, you take that back. I love Ringo Starr. Yeah, me too. I like Ringo Starr. Oh, okay. Excuse me. I don't dislike Ringo. Everyone likes Ringo. Yes, everyone. Don't get me started on this. I'm not even a Beatles fan, but do you know what John Lennon said about Ringo Starr? That he is even... incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, 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 guys. There's my favorite John Lennon quote, favorite Beatles quote of all time is uh, somebody Imagine. asked John Lennon. Somebody asked John Lennon. Uh, he's like, hey, is uh, is Ringo the uh, uh, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And John Lennon said, he's not even the best drummer on the Beatles. I was about to say, John Lennon probably said he's the best drummer. <laughs> they were look, take it from a drummer. They all four of them were probably drummers. Like everything else is more advanced than that. I mean, everything else is more. I'm a really good drummer, but I can't play guitar and I can't sing. I can learn guitar, but I can't. I still can't fucking learn how to sing. It's like either you can or you can't. That's a fact. I can't yeah. do any of them. Okay, back to the PGA Championship <laughs> because I had this. So our boy Sebastian, I love Sebastian. You know why I love him? Because he doesn't just come on the pod and act like he likes us. He responds to our tweets. He's a man of the people. He suggested that at the PGA Championship or the Waste Management that they have easier part three so that there's more hole-in-ones because everyone loves hole-in-ones. 
<laughs> yeah, I do. Just also move the today, championship oh. to the par three course at Augusta. Yes. <laughs> also, Sebastian had a little feud with United today over on Twitter. I okay. caught word of it. I caught word of it 40 minutes late. So Ooh. next time I'm having a feud, I need it sent to me ASAP. So I went after United. I said, you better get this guy's flight fixed or we will officially be an anti-United pod. Sebastian got back to me, said it all got fixed. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, as a former United employee, I, uh, I got to admit, the airline industry is pretty, pretty uh, typical like that, where uh, everything does eventually get taken care of somehow, some way. But I have to admit, in a world full of bad airlines, I was just about to say, I think I've signed on as just flying with United and nobody else because... Lately, when I go on to United, I've been getting free drinks. Uh, I think they realize everything else is pretty substandard and subpar. Oh, speaking of free drinks, the guy didn't even ring me up for my six-pack at the grocery store tonight. That was interesting. I, b- I bought some Prilosec, I brought some toothpaste, and then I bought a six-pack, and he did not ring up one of those three things. So, anyways, needless to say. And this concludes the uh, grocery shopping with Jerry segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a short list. Uh, but needless to say, every single time I have a problem when I'm in an airport, whether it's with Delta or United or Southwest or whoever, I always tweet, hey, Delta, way to treat your, your passengers poorly when, you know what, somebody else might have bought this cheap ticket for me. I'm sorry I asked to move my seat. And then you scoffed at me saying, like, oh, well, you, just, you bought the cheap seat, sir. But, well, maybe somebody bought it for me, ma'am. But anyways, needless to say, they usually respond pretty quickly with, like, a couple of initials behind it, too, which always makes it sound like there's, like, a rep yeah. of the name. Whatever. You know what? Hilton and Hampton Inns do the same damn thing. It's all bullshit. It's, it's like it's got to be a machine that just like shoots out an answer and then like two random letters. Yeah, like, see, so I can see that. I was thinking about this two hours ago, like literally on my drive home, and I never thought of it before. I'm going like, you know what? I've gotten that a lot because even one time I, I tweeted United saying like, shout out United for getting me those four Jack Daniels shooters free of charge on my last connection. Hey, oh. And they tweeted me back saying like, Jerry, we're glad you're enjoying the free drinks. Keep flying United. Dash TK. I'm like, well, who's TK? <laughs> Just say so you- it. <laughs> they didn't tweet back you their their like Venmo account and be like, hey, uh, can you fill it back? Well, no, no. But when yeah, I had that same cool. problem with Hampton Inn when I was when I was griping about a Hampton Inn uh, in Eugene, Oregon, um, a lot of them a lot of them would say things like, oh, we're really sorry. Please uh, send us uh, your credit card number and your uh, bill, and we can get this adjusted for you, or whatever. And I was just kind of like going, a, you're asking this publicly, b fucking no what are you talking about you want my all my information if you're hampton in and i told you where i'm at and i told you what your employees are doing there in at least five minutes you can be on a phone talking to somebody here how about that i mean that's just kind of how the 21st century goes like we're really sorry could you please send us your itinerary and your schedule and your credit card number and we can fix this for you i'm like and it was the second person saying that i'm just like are you full like a bunch of robotic morons here i mean it's disingenuous i hate that yes we How'd the golfing go at the Waste Management Open? Yeah, exactly. So we got to get, got to get back to that. We had uh, our boy, Mark Hubbard, oh. top 10, T9 yeah, out there. Hubs on Twitter. Yeah, he went birdie, birdie to close for a nice T9 finish. Yeah, our boy, Reed Martin, probably had All some good drinks deck. that night. Yeah, not too shabby. They've been going up each week. They went from dead fucking last, 45th. <laughs> To ninth, you know what's coming. Oh, Pebble Beach is coming, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Just got to keep improving. 
Hey, careful, guys. Uh, Riviera's right around the corner, too, and the way Bubba Watson's been rearing his head this season. Everyone just watch her up. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, we can, there's been a lot of guys who are, like, really – you know, they made this a good progression, and they're – anyone, like, DJ's playing this week. I'm like, whoa, DJ at Pebble, he usually does pretty well there at the, the good pro-am there, and he finally played well again. Who knows? Well, but- um, real quick, Nolan, before we start talking about the uh, the Pebble yeah. Beach Pro-Am, uh, a couple things I wanted to get back to for the Waste Management Open. I mean, we got um, – poor Sebastian didn't make the cut. Uh, God rest you, buddy. We'll, we'll get, he needed we'll get a break. He needed a break. He was doing too well. Take exactly. the time off. We, we, took, we took up one of his evenings. So, I mean, you know, we're partially to blame. But, uh, you know, we got to start somewhere. Um, but uh, we got Hubs, who took the top ten. Uh, I – we know Webb Simpson won in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You guys enjoyed watching that. I was actually at work. I mean, that was – I heard – I mean, fill me in, guys. I, I was on the group chat a little bit, but I was still behind on that. Uh, yeah, so hole 16, Tony's got a two-shot lead. I think him and Webb both par 16. Are they in the same group? Yep, last group together. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and then they go up to 17. Tony hits a – three wood into the bunker. Remember, it's that short par four mm-hmm. um, into the fairway bunker. Gets a tricky uphill lie with like a 65-yard bunker shot and probably chunked it a bit and came up about 40 feet short, two putter for par, while Webb hit a nice uh, driver three wood up onto the fringe area and two putted for his birdie to get within one. And then <clears> – <throat> They both go to 18, both hit stellar drives. And this is where it all started happening for me. And CBS starts on the bottom line saying, what, what's going to happen when Tony Finau wins? He's going to get this many FedEx Cup points. He's going to move up this many spots in the World Golf Rankings. He's going to, you know, his first win since 2016. And I'm like, would you guys just calm down? Webb has like a 20-foot birdie putt to tie him, and and Tony ended up having like a 10-footer, maybe 8-footer for birdie. And also. what happened right before that? And Zach, you can explain to the kind oh, people out there no. what happened before no, that. Nolan wrote a great article about Tony Finau. So I'm <laughs> like, you know what? No better time than to promote my guy Nolan. Tweeted out Nolan Smith with the amazing call, Tony Finau about to win. About to, keyword, about to win. Yeah. Hasn't won yet. And did but, not. But you actually tweeted like, oh, Tony's, like, I can't remember how you worded it, but essentially you gave the trophy to Tony. Oh, yeah. The story goes, Webb nails in a perfect right-to-left putt, drains it center cup. Tony, Tony actually, I thought he hit a beautiful putt. It was he hit it well outside the hole, and that thing just snapped way more than, than Webb's did. He had basically the mirror image putt, and Tony's snapped way harder than Webb's did, so I was pretty surprised. Um, but, yeah, Weber tied it up. Good for him and Paul. Nice read there. And then they step up to 18 again. And- oh, yeah, real quick shout-out, uh, guest Altus- of the show, Altasori, uh, uh, current jock for uh, Weber. Yeah. I sh- shot him over a quick text. Didn't tell him about the jinx. I probably should have. No, but good for you, Zach. I was actually going to text you saying, hey, if you got Paul's number, tell him, uh, I mean, shoot him a text. Oh, yeah. I sent him one from the whole squad. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Tony hits a driver, pounds one, but it gets caught up in the church pew bunkers over there on the left side, and Webb's steady and straight right down the middle. Um, sticks one even closer this time to like 10, 12, 15 feet. And uh, Tony had like a 20-footer for birdie that he missed, and Webb dunked it right on top of him. So it was, uh, you know, it was really, it was an exciting little round there. And Weber went birdie, 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 if you include the playoff hole. So pretty impressive. Um, Tony didn't really, Tony probably would have wished he had that drive back on 17 because that's a must birdie hole. And he, I think he just floated a three wood a little too much and it got hung up in the bunker. So, <clears throat> so I uh, got so many questions and I don't want to divert this from, this isn't going to be one of those, did the Chiefs win or the, or the 49ers choke? Mm-hmm. And the equivalent of the 49ers choking and the Chiefs winning in this was, did like did Finau choke and Weber win? I don't want the attention to be taken off of Webb Simpson because he won a very good tournament and he still just keeps winning on tour, just being as stellar as, oh, I was impersonating his swing today, his follow-through. It's, it's fun to do, but it hurts the wrists. But um, I have a question. I want to throw your guy, you guys that have been percolating on before since before we started recording. I'm going to tease it. I'm going to ask you. You guys don't answer. I'm going to do some plugs real quick. But I really am curious to know if you guys think in any regard, is Tony Finau not possibly one of the most overrated golfers for America right now at all? I mean, I compared him to Louis Oosthuizen early on Twitter. That didn't get much attention because I don't think anyone's paying too close attention to Louis Oosthuizen. I ask you fellas that, but real quick, while you're thinking about the answer, I want to talk about being a part of Sports Travel Radio Podcast Network and how much we really appreciate everything that they do over there. Baseball season's coming up. They got a fantasy baseball podcast. They got sports betting podcasts. I think they got some stuff if you're a parent. It's also helpful, too. And... uh, they're growing, they're dynamite, they're awesome. And we're also proudly and unofficially brought to you by Gorse Golf Head Covers. Please go to your Google or search bar and type in Gorse Golf, that's G-O-R-S-E. You'll see my buddy Crazy, that's his name. He has these beautiful head covers for woods, drivers. He does custom work. Uh, they're, all the uh, prototypical uh, art is up on the site and all the current stuff too. And if you get in touch with him, he can give you the... Uh, a lot of stuff that's been discontinued because of the Me Too movement, but has also been asked for by a lot of lady college teams. So you can catch the drift of how cool the society that we're around still is. And if you want to send us any questions, please send them to the Gmail that is ftbtpodquestions at gmail.com. I will be reading those directly and we'll be sending them to our pod squad that is Nolan and Zach. And uh, we will hopefully get to everything that you would like to be answered promptly. Fellas, Tony Fino, what do you think? Nolan, you want to give your answer first? You want me to go? I'll go first. So, first of all, to throw some shade on the Tony Fino cloud here. He um, did. He moved down to Arizona, I think, this week. So he had all this hecticness, right, of moving his his family of four children and his lovely wife moving down to Arizona. Um, so he's probably staying at his house that he's just now moving into, having to play the father role at the same time. You know, he's not out away from the family. So he's got to be more hands-on in the father role. That's definitely got to tie into a little bit of stress. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony 
I love the guy. He, you know, if you want to go by results, hasn't gotten it done. He hasn't gotten it done since 2016. And um, where was that tournament that he won in 2016? Puerto Rico. Uh, Which I, I don't besmirch that at all, but that's one of those tournaments that a lot of people don't consider a serious tournament, is it not? We can be honest about that. I mean. Nope, I 100% agree. It'd be like if he won the Hero World Challenge and he beat 13 other guys in a field of 14, including himself. I mean, it's one of those things where would be like, yeah, sorry, I, I don't know if I, I – it does count, literally, according to his bank account and the record books. But, I mean, overall, I don't know. And, guys, the reason why I brought up the Louis Ustazen thing, when the guy smashed records or, like, did really good at uh, St. Andrews uh, 10 years ago – 10 years ago – when he won the Open Championship, I love Louis Ustazen, but that little friggin' Ewok hasn't – done diddly except take third or fourth and everything he tees it up in it's it's infuriating to see someone with such a smooth swing and a smooth game just do just, oh god i mean so and then also the fact that he's south african he's white i don't dig that but i've also dug into that uh, ustazen is a german name so that just spins my head around more in circles and anyways take it away <laughs> i don't think i don't okay tony fee now 2016 he wasn't he wasn't Tony Finau in 2016. No one even knew who Tony Finau was in 2016. What was he like, Tony Finau? Like a bakachaga? I mean, what? Are you... Actually, he's got a, a super long. He's got a super long Tongan name. But by the way, first ever Tongan uh, PGA Tour professional. So congrats on that. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, you're knocking me off track, man. One after another. <laughs> I know that was my mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I I don't yeah. think. I don't think Tony Finau's come into into you know the surface until last year. He top fived at both the Masters and the British Open, so we're really starting to see his first good play. So I mean, it's no wonder he hasn't got a win yet. I mean, people are like already putting him up there with like, why isn't he winning like DJ or something? It's like DJ did his career over quite a few years so far, and Tony really has only been around for a couple of years. At the at the most, I would say he really has only been good for a year and a half. Okay, yeah. he played exceptionally well at the Ryder Cup and the Presidents Cup. He was one of the only yes right spots at our Ryder for the American team in that Ryder Cup. I know that was I know for a fact that was going to be brought up and uses the quiver to help the Finau fire. I totally get that. Yeah, it, that's, and I won't besmirch that whatsoever. Phil Mickelson was a fucking embarrassment our last Ryder Cup. It, he was. Mm-hmm. So I, I know Finau was I mean not Finau but Molinar was dicing everyone to death but the second Phil yanked his tee shot on that par 3 into the water it hadn't even splashed yet and he took his hat off and was shaking Molinari's hand and the second their palms touched was when the actual official point ended we weren't going to win but I mean that was the moment when it was like Europe won when Phil quit and Phil's career has been downhill ever since well, he's almost 50 for Christ's sake I mean what do yeah, you know no offense to the guy. He's great. Oh, whatever. He can afford it. <laughs> True. But, yeah, that's my take. Tony, not not overrated. Maybe we're <laughs> inflating his career, like, super fast and we think he's going to, like, blow up all of a sudden. But, um, you know, Weber, Weber birdied three of the last holes. I don't think Tony choked it. But, um, you know, he had to birdie one more hole, basically, and he didn't. So, it's not like he bogeyed or doubled somewhere down yeah. the road. But Exactly. Zach, what's your take? Yeah, I got to say, I don't know. I have mixed concerns. I've done some research as you guys were speaking. Finau, yeah, this tournament, he definitely didn't choke it, so I wouldn't say that's his fault. 
Webb just made, if Webb doesn't make a 20 footer, he wins. Uh, so Finau in his career has finished top 10, 35 out of 151 tournaments he's entered. On the other hand, in 2018, he had 11 top 10 finishes. And in 2019, he had just six top 10 finishes, which was very so shocking to me. He actually had more top 10 finishes in 2017 than he had last year, which I was like shocked to see. But, so, I mean, this guy's a track record of that. And lately, he hasn't been doing that as much. I mean, no. I feel like my, my old man's picked him to the Masters like the past three years. I mean. Yeah, I have no clue. I was a big Tony Finau fan. He seemed to always, like, he seemed to have everything except just didn't win. And you would assume it was coming, kind of like Patrick Cantlay, I feel like. It's like, Ooh. eventually they're going to win. That's a great segue. I'm glad you brought him up, Patrick Cantlay. Uh, is there anything else you guys – that was just a, a, a great question I want to ask you guys that I thought of right before we started recording that I want to ask you was, is Tony Finau overrated? Uh, I think we could mildly say yes. We're not looking to all agree or whatever. I just think that's an interesting thing to think about, um, and that could be the title of the episode, Zach. Is Tony Finau overrated? That You want to talk about clickbait. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about the waste management? Uh, we're, we're running a little long, but we're doing okay. But uh, anything else before we start talking about Pebble? Uh, no, I think we're good to move on. No, Tony's so, going to keep grinding, and uh, con- congratulations to Webb. That was great. So, yes, sir, absolutely. So, um, Pebble Beach, uh, the, the pro-am. I got Patrick Cantlay, actually, according to my machine, with the odds, he is going to take a top three. That was my guy. But, okay, but, okay, Nolan, you like this. I'm, I'm crunching out the odds. According to the odds, he's second best this week, but I have him finishing third uh, behind Dustin Johnson in terms of just the numbers. DJ's just – he's overwhelming the, the statistics right now, so I, I can't counter it. But uh, but right in between Dustin Johnson at first and Patrick Cantley at third, I got Paul Casey, sixteen to one. Um, uh, anything you guys want to talk about Pebble? What are your, what are your favorite things about Pebble Beach? I mean, what what why do we love this course so much? I think it's well, just a fun tournament. Yeah, for sure. The pro am there's a little knuckle in there, but it's kind of weird. I don't know. I was able to you know go down there and take a look at Pebble this past U.S. Open. Yes, it is just so breathtaking, man. I mean, if if you could carve out somewhere to put a golf course, that's right where you'd put it, you know, similar to Bandon Dunes, right? But um, not necessarily the style of golf course, but just the picturesque, every hole you're like, you know, breathtaking away. And I got, I got a good pick for you guys that I think maybe not for the win because he hasn't really shown it, but Cameron Champ has finished in the top 33 yes. in six straight events. He won the Safeway, actually. He won the Safeway, then missed the cut, and then has six straight top 33 finishes. So, I, I absolutely have Cameron Champ taking a top 10 this week for sure. And out of good. all the people in the top 10, he has got the longest odds, but that means he is definitely the bargain. or the, He's going to make you money at 55 to 1. If you, if it, oh, yeah. why, why not Cameron Champion? Yeah. Our guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't he? Was he that he said he wanted to be called Cameron Champ? And I said, okay, Champion. I was going to call his last name Champion after that. Be like, if you're going to make us call you Cameron, I'm going to call your last name Champion. Oh yeah, and then we have some some good news for a nice from the back tee bump. We seem to be a good site. We're we're good with the jinx, but we're also good at helping out guys. Nick Huey on the pod just a matter of days ago, unemployed, waiting to go on the Florida swing. Gets a job with Robert Garrigus working Pebble. 
There we go. Shout out, Nick. He is at the tournament this week. Robert Garrigus, they're letting him play golf? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to get him got, on. Wasn't he the guy that got – okay. Oh, he's the guy. Robert Garrigus, he's the guy who got in trouble for, like, saying nice things about weed, and he got, like, thrown under the train, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, Nick, what are you doing? Well, hey, wait. The work is work. <laughs> oh, oh. There's You're plenty of Robert Garrigus is going to go off this week. Plenty of plenty oh, of pro Zach, from oh, the back. What do you want, Zach? What do you want? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nolan. He, I, I gotta I gotta pounce on Zach for this. He says Garrigus is going to go off this week. What do you? <laughs> let's let's. Smiley's talk. in the talk. field. Smiley's in the field. Shut yeah. up, Nolan. <laughs> Robert Garrigus, top thirty. Whoa. I like my guys, you know. I gotta support the people who In the come words of Bill Hader, let's let's, let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes here. I'm Garrigus. Oh my God. Jerry, oh, which, by gonna... the way, by the way, folks, I want to start. A, I want to start a new segment um, of uh, who's going to take last because I actually was pretty close to that last tournament. Um, oh my God, dog! I'm I'm up into the. I got. <laughs> You're gonna take this, so, right? <laughs> I got. I got Robert Garrigus at 156. He took 147 in my machine. <laughs> that's top 10 from the bottom. Uh, uh, that means that's, that's better than Smiley Kaufman. <laughs> that's faith. <laughs> All right. Oh All right, so here. What, okay, I'm sorry, Zach. Let's make it quick. What do you think Robert Garrigus is going to do? <laughs> okay, I think Robert Garrigus making the cut. Making the cut. Is that a straight one-to-one? That's a straight one-to-one. Really? Oh, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. He ain't making the cut. Okay. We're, we're even now on the Which, bets. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm sure you're a great dude. I'm just – and I'm not and I'm not trying to be like the uh, counterpoint to what Zach's saying. I'm just looking at the numbers and uh, fuck no. Gergis ain't making the cut in this I tournament. I can't wait for Nick to shove this in your face, Jerry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you know what? If he gets him to come on here. If he gets him to come on here and tell me what time it is. If Garrigus makes the cut, I'm gonna get Nick to send like a video message. Oh, like, better, better send a fuck you, Jerry. Have faith. They, yes, you know what? I deserve that. And you know what? They better send a care package or whatever kind bud they're smoking too. I mean, God. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? I, we're obviously wrong. <laughs> Big bum. So but, but for the record, folks, uh, the uh, player who's gonna take last place this tournament, not Kevin Stadler. Not David Duvall, who's teeing it up. I like Scott DeBorba taking last place by Ooh. Friday. No, it's going to be Smiley. <laughs> he is within sight of last it's place. It's like any, so, any week so's you go Van in. Pelt, so's Gellerman. Any week you go in, you have all these guys. It's like, oh, I think this guy might be last. No, it's going to be Smiley. Well, that's no. See, that's the thing. Smiley's never dead last. His carcass is like found later, a day later down the river or something. Where you're just like, what happened? What, what happened here? Why? Why did this happen, Smiley? Again, every week. Why? Jer- Jerry, are you officially off the Matt Kuchar train? He has been. Hmm. Why do you ask? Because I just saw his name. There's so many great players. You think about that. We got. I got, I got Kuchar taking six in this tournament. We got so many. You know, from the back tees, links going up this week, and future stars of the show. Oh, yeah. Harry Higgs is paying it up. Harry Higgs. Should we just declare was, Harry Higgs a future star of the show? I, yeah. Hey, I was channeling my inner Harry Higgs when I was playing golf today, even though I'm older than him. But I mean, I, Harry I just look Higgs like doesn't he, know I'm, it yet, but he'll love us. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zach's right. ZP's right. Uh, so, um, D-Bass out there. We got Hubbard out there. There's all sorts of good stuff. DJ's making a return back to – Oh, yeah. You know, who knows what, what's going to happen. So, um, was there anything else we want to discuss about Pebble? I mean, I, I know we got off the rails a couple oh, times. We're recording this Monday, so – it's yeah. Well, oh, 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 yeah, he's right. I got to mention recording this on a Monday night. This uh, will drop Thursday. Tuesday at midnight. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know what? It drops when it drops. But as long as people know when we're talking so we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, due about to some busy does, scheduling. The boys got it together tonight. That was good. Good. Uh, I'm trying. I'm missing the word. How about does. I don't think there is a word. <laughs> Does Jordan Spieth make the cut? Yes. Um, yes, he does. Good I rally Jordan by Spieth. us. That's what I was thinking. Yes, indeed. Uh, Nolan, to, to answer your question, I hate to say it. Um, I got Spieth taking uh, a top 10 of this tournament. Well, top 10? The return? Yeah. How about that, Zach? There's my there's my trade-off. You say Garrigus is making the cut. I say Spieth's getting a top 10 this tournament. Okay, I'll I'm take not- it. Yeah, I don't know how we're wagering this apples versus an oranges, but <laughs> you gotta do some calculus. But <laughs> well, no, we're we're even. Well, no, so far. you're the one with the engineering degree. I'm going. I'll, way. I'll figure it out. I'll tinker it. <laughs> he just put his fingers up. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nolan just did inverted jazz hands. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. So um. I guess uh, we can move on to a couple other things before we wrap up. We just got a couple minutes here, but um, uh, did we have uh, Zach, other than the Canadian fun fact, did we have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. It's a bit of a quiet week. I mean, unless we want to get into hot MVP talk. Oh, yes. That is what we need. All right, you guys, you, you guys officially have five minutes, Tots, and that's going and that's going a little longer than it should. Well, okay. look, if you, I give you three minutes, we're hitting the hour on okay, the show. Okay, stop talking. I will state what I said before. So, born in Montreal, not a Raptors fan, not a fan of all this bandwagoning. I am a Saints fan, so my first allegiance is to the New Orleans Pelicans. But I was never <laughs> a diehard Pelican fan or anything. No one has given me the opportunity to be a Portland Trailblazers fan because then I have, like, Somewhat reasoning, you know, there's no Trailblazers fans in Canada. I am declaring myself a Portland Trailblazers fan live on air. We got Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, second best player in the NBA, second best player in the NBA, Zach, right behind Giannis. I'm, yeah, I'm stating, yeah, dude. I'm I watched Giannis. a video today, a 15 minute video of all the three pointers he made in the last six games. He is just shooting them from like two feet in front of half court, and they're covering him, and he still makes it. It's not like they're giving him a wide-open shot. Steve, uh, I think Scott Van Pelt said it on a late-night ESPN one time. He's like, man, there's a Wednesday game. You better start covering Damian Lillard on Monday or else he's going to pull up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. He just started off games. He's like, you know where it seems like a good place to shoot? Ten feet behind the three-point line. And he's just like, you know, it's a – it's a minor dip with the legs, and he's just—it looks freaking like he's yeah. shooting a free throw. But I've never seen something like this. Like they said, Curry was shooting from far. Lillard is shooting consistently from farther, and like every single game, Curry did it like every once in a while. Taking a page out of Lefty's book and dropping bombs. Baby. Yeah, have, has anyone ever shot from this far away? Oh, I'm sure. Curry. I mean, yeah, Curry. It's it's 
it's probably just exactly what Curry was doing, but maybe I not. I don't know. From There's so many things happening. No one's ever, you know, gone 45 and 10 assists in yeah. a six-game stretch. Oh, it's 48. 48 and 10 in a five-game stretch. I said exactly. it to Nolan before the Utah Jazz game. I said if he goes off in this game, he's the real deal. This is the best offensive team, and he just, like, completely embarrassed them. He's not even taking, like – James Harden would take, like, 45 shots in a game. Lillard's, like, shooting, like, 60%. Yeah, his splits are, like, 56 from the field, 57 from three, and, like, 90 from the free throw line. Absolutely. What a life. What a life. But, yeah, I mean, him, eh, the Greek freak is just another – Dimension, yeah, dude, he's he's insane, and he's going he's under got, the radar because they're just like dominating everyone. So he plays exactly. like twenty five minutes a game and just dominates in them. When it comes to the playoffs, I think it could be like people are going to go nuts. Oh, that's kind of like what Tua did in Alabama, where they were doing so good for so long. He only played in the first half. Yes. Well, Tua, excuse me, but it was a quarterback for Alabama. They were doing so good that it's like he never played in the second half for the yeah, first. Tua season. did that this year. Okay, yeah, Until so I mean. To me, that's always been like a false sense of security where it's just kind of like, oh, well, it's a 60-minute race, but you run the first 30 minutes so good, we never made you run the second 30 minutes, but we don't know what, how you'd be if you had to. Like, yeah. It's just like, I mean, it'd be like, what if Tiger Woods sucked after the cut? I mean, just, just picture his entire career <laughs> where his few blowout majors were actually nail biters or whatever. It'd just be like, oh, my God. I mean, it's just. It's true. It's interesting. So, I never, yeah, I never thought of that. Where's though. Portland finishing this year? I think they're for sure going to beat Memphis. Memphis is not playoffs. Eight playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll get the eight seed unless OKC, unless OKC, um, you know, screws something up, and then Portland somehow find. I mean, we're going to get Nurk back here shortly, so that'll be fun. Um, But so I don't would not put the seven seed out of reach, but a good. uh, Lakers versus Blazers in the first round would be kind of fun. It's an interesting uh, problem to have that they have Nurk and Whiteside. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, you got McCollum and uh, Dame, and then you got those two. Down. It's it's a very – the Blazers almost still have an old-fashioned dynamic that way. I mean, it's – so to speak. And, and Nolan, I, I would love to bring your good-natured uh, Rip City spirit to the uh, Bandon Dunes Caddyshack, but ultimately, like – I feel like I'm not even a Blazer fan, and I'm the one who says the nicest things about him there because, like, I'm the only one who thinks the Blazers are going to make the playoffs this year at the Caddyshack, and and it, it it turns into a goddamn piranha pool. I mean, like, they just they destroy. I get eviscerated anytime I say I'm pretty sure, and I'm not even a basketball like I'm, I'm just kind of like taking a litmus test, like the gimp who just comes out and sees one thing. I I, I think sincerely the Blazers can make the playoffs, really, as they see. And every time I say that, I get shouted down. Yeah. Oh, no. They're making it. I've learned. You never doubt Damian Lillard. If he wants to make the playoffs, we're going to make the playoffs. So, Well, yeah. you know, especially if he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, fair enough. So, Oh, and real quick, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to uh, Graham McDowell for winning overseas this week only because – he, I mean, he is reinvigorating his game based off of I heard something that here Tiger say where Tiger was like, well, my kids my kids know me as the guy who won all those tournaments on YouTube and on the internet. And Graham McDowell has actually taken that and turned that around and said, I don't want my kids to see me only on the internet winning. I, I want them to see me winning. Because he used to be, guys, you want to talk about a stick man? Like Derek love- Jeter was- Derek Jeter is one of the Derek Jeter is one of the biggest stick men ever. And folks at home uh, or in your cars or, or if you're in the tube or wherever you're listening, uh, a stick man was a 
a male athlete who threw a lot of dick and uh, and got away with it in a very legal non me too y sense. Uh, uh, see Derek Jeter. Needless to say, Graham McDowell, I have on very good authority, was a huge stick man back in the day. Like we're talking giving his room cards out to girls around the green just as they followed him around tournaments. Like that's like shit like like lead singers of rock bands do when they throw hotel keys out to the crowd to like broads. I mean, it's just oh my god. But then in the past five years, Graham McDowell's had two children. Um, I'm, I haven't looked it up to speculate to see if it's with the same woman or I assume he has a wife and a family now, but he is definitely from gone to being like Austin Powers, so to speak, uh, six years ago, he is all about like being the family man and having that dedication and all that good stuff. And I, and that's really refreshing to see. It's always cool to see Graham McDowell do good. And, uh, and he feels reinvigorated that I, that's why I just wanted to bring up a uh, GMAC real quick. Because uh, he won, and that trophy he won was either he's really small or that trophy's really big. I can't tell. <clears throat> so Zach, is it time for our favorite segment? It's time for your favorite segment. Okay. As oh oh one second, here we go. As we must do now, keeping score. The scoring goes. We got Nick Huey zero and one. We're only going to mention the the guests once. After they come on, he went 0-1. Sebastian Kaplan went 1-0, but we got the stars of the show. We got Nolan Smith coming in at 1-2. And And then we got the undefeated Jerry Liu at (laughs) 3-0. This is a big moment for you, Jerry. I don't want to screw this up. (laughs) I think every moment's big from here on out. So here is the question. And Jerry will have to answer first as the leader because it Mm -hmm. is an advantage to go second. The most PGA Tour wins amongst Canadians. Is it A, George Knudsen, B, Stephen Ames, C, Mike Weir, or D, Mo Norman? I go first. Oh, yeah. Knudsen. Okay, Nolan? Oh, man. I was going to say Knudsen. You could answer the same thing. (laughs) Give it to me one more time. A, George Knudsen. B, Stephen Ames, C, yep, yep. Mike Weir, or D, Mo Norman? Found that B. I'm going Stephen Ames. <laughs> what a mistake. Nolan Smith should have no! George Knudsen. Jerry stays undefeated. What a what a wild turn of events. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mo Norman never won a tournament. God bless him. And I Mike know. Weir won a little bit. Stephen Ames, I think, is new from New Zealand. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Knudsen, that was just – that's uh, – I, I was about to say, I don't even know if Stephen Ames is Canadian. <laughs> no, Stephen Ames goes down as a Canadian, though. Okay. He just Does doesn't he? have as many. No, it's, oh, it's Stephen Ames is Canadian, though? Honestly, I, I, I thought he was Australian or something. Oh, yeah, no, he's Canadian. That, oh. I never meant that insulting way because other than, honestly, growing up, other than Mike Weir, there were no Canadian golfers. No, he wasn't but born from Bo Norman to Mike Weir. He wasn't born in Canada, though. You're right. I think he was born in, like, Trinidad. I can take pride in knowing I knew it wasn't Weir and I knew it wasn't Mo Norman, so whatever. <laughs> well, we don't know that you knew that. <laughs> you could say you knew I said I can take pride. Yeah, well, the one in four record says otherwise. Or the one in three record says otherwise. You know what, Zach? I'm giving you an American fun fact. See how you do <laughs> Dude, that'd be fun. He no, tried to have that. me do that, but I, but he would. He at the time when we started the Canadian Fun Fact, when the show started, he was throwing stuff my way that just baffled me so bad that I'm like, well, I don't have an American Fun Fact because that Canadian one just threw. You guys eat more bacon than us. 
No, you oh, don't. Yeah. It was like, like that we consumed the most mac and cheese. Mac that was and a cheese. Good one. Yeah, that's right. I, I just I was on the fritz for ten minutes, going, "No, you do not. That's impossible." <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, that's folks. That's that's what you can come to expect and appreciate from the uh, hard hitting vocals that is the From the Back Tees podcast. Uh, Nolan, do you got anything you want to plug for the week? Uh, what you're doing? What you're watching? The Bachelor? The Bachelorette? What? Yeah, the Bachelor's on tonight. Oh yeah, it's on it right now. <laughs> um, hey, go take a look. Golf Channel tomorrow night. Tiger Woods is going to be front and center with a Masters special of all of last year, what went down, maybe some backstory, maybe some behind the scenes stories or something. I don't know. It's on iTunes right now, but I'm going to be recording that and sitting in a dark room and watching it by myself. Um, other than that, yeah, follow me at Nolan T. Smith uh, as always. And uh, what do you got, Zach? Uh, I don't got anything special. You know, we're just going to keep churning out the content. Getting those page views, you know, ruffling some feathers on the Twitterverse. All right. Well, what, what, uh, what, what's our website, Zach? Uh, how, Zach, you know, you know Jerry, our website comes on after we stop talking in a nice little outro clip that we have. You always forget about that. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't forget. I'm a, I'm a slave to being uh, in a good pattern of uh, professionalism and how we dress it up in the end. Oh, okay. WWW. <laughs> From the back tees. Dot com. Wait, was that dot gov? Dot gov. Dot org slash slash com. You know what? You know what's coming? What I've been trying to think of? We got we're working on hopefully getting some new merch. Ooh. Uh, it's a bit of a process to get merch once you like commit to getting it, because you got to just go for it and like you want to get a good supplier and uh but we're gonna get that figured out all right well good call and now that i have remembered what the outro sounds like you can find me on twitter <laughs> at jerry Lur- <laughs> uh, you know what i'm hearing the outro in my head going like he's fucking right he's absolutely <laughs> fucking right. now i'm thinking about it too i was just singing it in my head uh, no, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful, everybody, and that's why we are amateurs trying to work amongst professionals. Amateurs. And yes, I am. <clears throat> yes, I am Jerry Lou. You can find me on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper, and you can, if you need a caddy when you're at Band Dunes, just ask for Jerry Lou. Fellas, it was a fun chat with you. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, chat again soon, huh? Oh yeah, Here. absolutely. All right, Melt, Nikki P, He Man. Thanks for being there for my second eight. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with 30. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.